Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hero Nation show, the place where business owners and entrepreneurs just like you come to learn tools and tactics to live more epic lives. I'm your host, John, and we have Johnny and we have Wayne. So we have John, Johnny, Wayne all here today uh, to help you out. So, Wayne, it's um, it's been a while since uh, you've been on here. You know, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, we may have kicked you out for a little while. What have you been doing, buddy? Man, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're allowing me back. We have been working full on. You know, a lot of business owners have been trying to make tough decisions, and we've been having some really phenomenal intense calls. And we finally finished just this last week, the post-pandemic toolkit, which is 27 pages. It walks people through the conversations they need to have with themselves and their businesses to really recraft, relaunch, rebirth, rewrite their plans to nail the rest of this year. Um, we've got that at thehearnation.com forward slash relaunch, and I'm, I'm thrilled that we were finally able to birth that thing and get it uh, get it out to every small business owner that really needs it. Good. Well, make sure you go there, guys, and uh, and pick up the toolkit. Johnny, I know, I know. Like, how how is the uh, the top speaker been going? If, for those uh, people that don't know, what is what is the top speaker? John, I'm glad you asked. The top speaker helps people who have a message that want to get out there and get paid to share it. And so it's a uh, 33 video, high octane speaker content. It really takes you from A to Z on how do you build a profitable and sustainable speaking business. And let me tell you, as things are starting to come back open, uh, speaking is not going anywhere. We're doing virtual, we're doing live events, but this takes anyone, anyone, doesn't matter what your message is, what you wanna do, you've got a message, the world needs to hear it. It shows you the back end on how do you build a speaking business. And so if you're interested in that, we'd love to have you. Uh, you can go to thetopspeaker.com and uh, we've got a 100 page digital workbook that is a download that you can either print out or you, you can use it for the course curriculum. It uh, comes with speaker proposals. It's the same proposal that, that I use. Uh, and it has five email templates. We really walk everybody through how do you introduce yourself to an event planner? How do you ask for money? And then how do you build your referrals? So we've got everything laid out there. If you've got a message that you want to share and you want to get paid for it, head over to thetopspeaker.com. Look forward to seeing you in the course. Nice. And guys, as always, make sure that if you um, enjoy the conversations that you're hearing today, make sure that you hit the like button or on Anchor, on iTunes, leave us a good review. Let us know how we are doing. All right, guys, so we're going to get into a really awesome conversation today on unpopular opinions. So we'll start off with you, since you're the guest of honor for today. Um, what is one opinion that you have that is very unpopular? I think the first one, especially when it comes to business, I think the first one is I don't believe you can really motivate people. I think that you can motivate them. I think you can help them. Like in Texas, we say you can you can lead a horse to water. You can't make him drink it. You can't give him a salt lick, but you can't make him drink the water. And I think people are very similar. I think most people either have a an innate desire to to want to advance and grow and achieve, or they don't. And uh, obviously, a lot of people disagree with that, given all the effort that people put into motivating um, their people. Okay, so what about yourself, motivating yourself? If you can't motivate other people, can you motivate yourself? I think you can. I mean, I think we all have times where we need motive aid. You know what I mean? Where we need to remind ourselves of what our goals are. We need to remind ourselves of how far we've come. We need to remind ourselves of what a better life looks like, et cetera. So I, th I think there's there's times we all need to be re-encouraged and re-kind of, you know, th that that fire kind of relit. Um, yeah, I think you kind of either have that desire or you don't. I mean, we've all hired really talented people that we couldn't get to really want it. 
And then I think there's nothing more exhausting as a business leader than be than, than trying to get people to want something that they don't really want. And some people simply just have no desire to really grow and, and uh, you know, be all they can be. You know, to Wayne's point, John, I, I, I think that's so interesting about there are people that you can't motivate. And as a keynote speaker, when I when I'm on stage and I'm looking at the audience, it's, it's a it's a, an incredible point of view because you can truly see in the audience you're delivering the same high-octane speaker content, and, and you can see the men and women who are soaking it up, and then you can see the, the men and women who are just not present, just not there. And I remember as a young speaker, I took offense to that because I'm thinking, you know, am I not crafting my message properly? Am I speaking too long? Am I, am I not delivering it well? When I, I, you know, went and sought out some wisdom from speakers who were further down the road than I was, and I realized, and this is what they shared with me, it was brilliant. You're not there for that person who is zoned out, uh, sleeping, texting, whatever. You're there for the people who are hungry and are looking to consume the content that you have to share. And that was a flip for me. And it's, it's right in line with what Wayne was saying in that, look, there are some people, they're just, they're just checked out. And don't waste your, you know, it's like, don't throw your pearls at the swine. Don't waste your time with that. You know, as much as I'd love everybody to, you know, be dialed in and, and consuming content, the reality is there are some people who are just checked out. Is it frustrating? Yes, but that's the truth. I, I think that is true to some extent. However, I think it's very hard to judge who can be motivated and who can't. And, you know, point in case, I would say, you know, I, I don't know if maybe you all have experienced this, maybe you all haven't. Um, but there have been times in my life where I have been listening to somebody where I, where someone said something to me that so radically changed my perspective that it woke me up, right? That it, it did change the way I thought it, it made me kind of relook at my life and, and move forward. So when we're talking, because we're talking about motivation, but also motivational speakers and all this other kind of stuff, there have been those people that have changed my life in those moments. And if they weren't trying to motivate someone, right, then I wouldn't have had that opportunity, that aha to have. So like, I mean, what, I mean, what do you, what do you say to people who are like, it reminds me of that um, almost theology of, uh, I forgot which sect of Christianity it is, which basically says that the people who are going to become Christians will become Christians. And the people who won't become Christians, you know, will never become the, in there. So you don't really have to worry. Is that Calvinist? Yeah. So, I mean, but isn't that basically what we're saying? If we say that people are either motivated or they're not motivated and, and the people who can't be motivated, well, you know, it's not my job to even try. Well, I, I think that's a little bit of a stretch. So, I'm tracking where you're going with this, John. Let's say I'm speaking into a crowd in front of 150 people. My delivery style, I'm, I'm an extrovert. I'm a little loud. Um, I'm very animated. That, that's me, and that's how I communicate. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. But to the person who may be more introverted and connects well in a smaller group, they might not be a good fit for my keynote. Now, I have prepared to deliver a keynote that I want to motivate all 150 people in attendance. That, I mean, that's my MO, and, and that's how I'm getting on stage. I'm treating this like this is my last keynote I will ever deliver. I learned that as an athlete. You, you, you play like it's your last play ever because you never know when it will be. So I'm coming to the stage and coming to the table that I plan on motivating 150 people in there. 
maybe my content for whatever reason, my delivery, whatever, my bo- my body language didn't communicate to that person. That's not saying, I guess, that they can't be motivated. I just wasn't the right fit for them. So in your point, John, you know, you had these people speaking to your life. Man, that's fantastic. I would imagine that they have some type of street credibility that allowed them to speak into your life that you were open to their their guidance, their coaching, their motivation, whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, you have to protect who you're listening to and you know the content you're consuming. Otherwise, you're, you're going to be thrown everywhere all over the wind. Does that make sense? Well, I think when you look at it, I think, you know, big things like a near-death experience or a major enlightenment can can cause change in, in people. Yet, I think in general, um, you know, and I think that's what we're looking at. You know, when we're talking about employees, do they naturally have a desire that they want to learn and get better or are we constantly dragging them? And I think most people just have a tendency to, people, I believe people can change. And yet, uh, you know, working with people that you're constantly dragging is exhausting. What a waste of time, too. I mean, so so here, here's here's another unpopular opinion that falls right in line with that. Um, all people are created equal. Now, before everyone loses their mind, um, I believe all humans and people are created equal. Yet, I believe when it comes to my investment of time and energy and effort, that I don't owe that equally to everyone. I believe that I owe that to the people that are going to be receptive and use that at a higher level than the people that that are probably not going to use that. Does that make sense? So I see a lot of leaders trying to equally distribute their their energy and effort. And I don't believe that that's always 100% the, the right thing to do. Yeah. When you draw a clear boundary here, look, every human being, we all have intrinsic value. No doubt. Everybody, regardless of your background, makeup, DNA, it, it, we all have, a, you know, we are all created equal intrinsically. When it comes to running and leading your business, um, yeah, Wayne, absolutely. The ultra performers, the men and women, they, they've figured out how to navigate and, and where their time is best resourced. And if you try to play this equal game, like I'm going to slice everything up. Yeah, right. Yeah, you, you owe it to your family, to your dreams and into the business to invest your time, energy and effort in the people that are going to pick up that ball and run aggressively with it, as opposed to the people that that, that aren't. So I, I just think that's a trap that a lot of people fall into. They're, they're trying to help everybody and business owners, right? Like if, if I can work with a client that, you know, saying they're buying a house for $50,000 versus I can work with a client that's buying a five, $5 million home, um, all things equal, I, I owe it to my family to work with the person that's going to buy the $5 million home. And that's a business decision. It's not a, and I think what happens is we've, we've gotten a little too soft emotionally that um, we, we can't, we blurred the lines on separating, you know, emotional from business sense. And we, we've got to draw those boundaries. That's an unpopular opinion <laughs> right now in this landscape. Here's another one for you guys we're going to throw out there. Quit canceling live events. Quit it. Quit canceling them in for Fall 2020, spring 2021, it's crazy. I mean, come on. John's afraid to respond to that one. John's like, wow, we're canceled. Uh, Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, we're going off the air. This is the last episode of the Hero Nation show. Here's the reality. I I totally agree with with, with Johnny on this one. I, I think that we have taken away personal responsibility. And I think personal responsibility is if you want to go to a live event, you know the risk and you're making that choice. If, if, if you make that choice, that, that's yours to make. And yet I think that we've taken away personal responsibility. And all of a sudden you see right now, especially nowadays, you see business owners that are afraid of asking the, or, or afraid of offering their employees the opportunity to work because they're afraid if their employee works, they can tr- they, they're going to turn around and sue that business owner. So instead of seeing it as, hey, these are these are 
wise people that can make a decision. You can make a decision to go to work or not go to work. No one's forcing you. And yet, if you make the decision to go to work and make money, you know what the risks are and you're making that. And I'm not saying for people to be stupid. I'm just saying we've taken away all personal responsibility. And I think that's the most dangerous road that we're on right now. Um, and like you're saying, John, you know, canceling events that are a year out, year and a half out, whatever it is, is um, I, I, just, I see the, the, the ridiculousness of that. It just doesn't make sense to me. I think the whole COVID thing is becoming a little bit more real, if you will. And I've been watching this in the last like couple of days where it's, it's people are no longer asking the question, like, does anyone even know anyone who had COVID? You know, you know, it's like, Oh no. Like I got 12 friends right now. Right. Um, that, that have had it and two have died. And you know, there's, there's a little bit more gravitas to it. And so I, I've been watching more and more people start canceling stuff as more of the reality has hit them. Like if, if someone tomorrow said, hey, you get to go to Tony Robbins, like the high end business group, you know, would you go? I would go. And here's why. Um, because of my age, because of my health and because I'm aware of the risk reward. And it's the similar to, hey, would you drive to Austin today? And there's risk, right? How many how many vehicle accidents happen every single day, right? You know, so there are risks when in everything we do. And I think that if you are if you are at high risk of COVID and if you are worried about it, then you should be able to stay home without any judgment, right? I, I totally respect that all day long. I think that if you make the decision to do something else, that that's still your decision. There's always risk. There's always risk. There's risk of getting the flu. There's risk of getting in a car crash. There's risk of and I think that we we need to allow humans to make those decisions. Um, but telling this, you know, we could go down this all day long. But I I, just, I think that we my biggest concern is we've taken away personal responsibility, and I believe that that we need to allow people to make more of those decisions for themselves. Yeah, I think the flip side right now is is people are being shamed for trying to stay open and to work and provide for their family. Um, and 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 that is just that that's a that's a bad position to be in or to take that stance. Look, we, we are all navigating a unique time in history that, that no one has been a part of. Um, so, you know, we want to give grace, mercy, things like that. At the same time, uh, no one's shaming you to, to stay home and take extra precautions. Well, let's, let's honor that um, the same way. You know, let's honor that for the people that, that need to continue to work and provide and want to stay open and take that risk. Um, no one's saying, let's be stupid here. but. The, the shaming of the businesses that are trying to provide. And what's crazy, that's an unpopular opinion. <laughs> it is. It is. And I will say on the, on the flip side of that, I have, I've been on the phone with business owners and some of them actually, you know, in, in uh, Hero Nation that, you know, are, are very frustrated with the employees that are like, hey, I want to be safe and I want to stay home. And they get, they get kind of angry and, and, you know, upset with them. Um, so I, I do think there is a flip side to that, too. There's also that analysis that starts going on. Well, if I don't go to this event, what could I get passed up on a promotion? Will I be considered more or less in the office? All that all those things add in. Um, and I don't think we should make light of that either. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think it, it really is, though, you know, giving I think it's respect and um, giving people the opportunity to make to make the choices that are right for them. You know, another unpopular opinion right now is 
you know, most people are in victim mode saying there's nothing I could have done to prepare for this. And, and, and the reality is, is there's lots of things individual people could have done to prepare for this. If you had another six months in savings, this may have been a different experience. If, 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 if your health had been in a better in a better way, this may have been a better experience for you. Had, had your had your business, like John was talking about several weeks ago, um, had your business relationships been deeper? Had you done a better job taking care of your database? Had, had you done those things that we probably know we should have done, but weren't aggressive enough on, this would have been a different experience for you. So I think the other part of personal responsibility is a lot of people are in the tough positions now because of the decisions that they did or didn't make you know, over, over the last five years. So when we look forward to the next crisis, because we know there's going to be another one, whether it's eight years from now, 20 years from now, whatever it is, you know, we, with the other level of personal responsibility is there are things you can do to prepare for unknown crisis. That's so good, Wayne. There's so much. Oh, my goodness. So much wisdom there to unpack. Yeah, so good. It, but that's that's so unpopular right now because no one wants to hear that. <laughs> Because everybody wants to be a victim, right? There's nothing you can do to prepare for a pandemic. And it's like, I, I, I get that there's, I mean, who knew exactly what was coming? And yet there are things we could have done and there are things that you can do right now. So are you taking care of your health right now? Are you putting a certain amount of money away right now? Are you learning how to recreate your business right now? Yep. Are you leaning up your processes? Have you, you know, yep. There's so much you can be doing. Yeah, that's so true. Well, and it's, it's always so funny, right? Anybody who sits there and is like, no, you know, I, you know, like you could never, uh, you could never see it coming. I'm like, have you ever seen a doomsday person? Like, I mean, my God, they're prepared for everything from zombies, zombies to nuclear attacks. Like, like I'm not saying that you have to be, you know, you have to be like stored up on, on guns and ammo, but like take a, take a, a little note from those people's book. They're prepared for anything. So, you know, like, no, we're not, you know, maybe you weren't prepared exactly for the pandemic, but you could be prepared for, you know, market shift, uh, global economy gets shut down. You could be prepared for all those different things um, because you're looking ahead. I'm not saying you need to be a doomsday prepper, but I mean, come on. Look, we all know a rainy day's coming. You know, have you prepared the roof while, while it's shining and sunny outside? Um, and that's wisdom, right? That's wisdom speaking there. It looks different for everyone. But, I, you know, I think through this pandemic, you're right, Wayne. Everybody's going to realize who have looked at the situation, realize they could have done something better. I think everybody's going to realize, hey, I probably should have had a little bit more cash on hand. And if you don't, man, the next one's coming, guys. It, you know, but geez, that, that one hurts. The popular opinion is, man, I can't wait to get back to normal. The unpopular opinion is there is no normal coming back. It's going to be different, but all these people that are on the sideline waiting for, hey, just when we get back to normal, everything's going to be whatever. It's like there is no normal coming back. It's going to be different. If this is going to be a cycle for, for a while, it's going to take a while for this cycle to go. So, you know, get ready. All right. So now comes my time for an unpopular opinion. Here's the deal. Um, I think if you're not spending somewhere in between 10 to 20% of your business gross every year in marketing or advertising, then I think that you will be constantly in a cycle of um, trying to get money, trying to get sales, and then your, your, your pipeline is basically going to be screwed um, one way or the other. Yeah. Like you'll, you'll get, you, there's only, there's only a, a certain point that direct sales will work. And then after that, it's um, kind of go down the toilet. So your unpopular opinion is people people think they shouldn't they should spend more or less on that. On average, in the United States, I think we 
we spend on businesses spend about an average of one to two percent of their actual gross uh, in business and advertising every year. Where I'm like, no, 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 you should be doing about ten to twenty percent every year at least, uh, and especially like right now, when uh, especially when we're as we're going through like a pandemic um, type of thing, I think you should be at least spending about twenty percent out. Where would be a good place to to put that? You know. If- I mean, the the goal of marketing here is, is essentially lead generation, prospecting for your business to keep the cash flow going. What do you think, what would be healthy areas in a pandemic to put that marketing cost? Where, where do we put it? Things that are physical, things that are in people's hands. So not things that are necessarily digital, um, whether that is uh, spending money on coffee mugs or you know, doing stunts where you're, you know, you're, you're buying cars and, and handing it off to people or <laughs> getting uh, toilet paper with your face, um, you know, uh, put all over the all over the toilet paper roll and, and, and dropping it into people's houses. Things that are um, that are specifically going to uh, make people laugh, make people feel hope um, and that are going to be a daily reminder of who you are. Yeah, I would uh, I would for sure say that's an unpopular opinion because my thought would be you want to move everything digital right now. And you're saying, you're saying for a lack of paper products. <laughs> well, I mean, because everybody's pushing digital, right? Um, I, I do think the digital presence is, is good. I think it's necessary. But I think that the ability to reach local market right now, like in, in the very, like in specific areas right now, if you have a national product, that may be very different. But even if you have a national product, take that same idea, go deliver toilet paper by drone um, and film it and then put it out. And so people, so, you know, so it becomes an ad campaign. But things that they really show people what's going on and give people hope and insight and push and drive. Because I know a lot of people are pulling back, but I'm like, when all the voices go quiet is when the time that you get loudest. Because it's the, you know, the one, you know, like the, what we were facing right before was there were so many voices coming in, right? Everything was kind of muddled. There was just this, there was just waves of video content and, and stuff like that. And then the pandemic happened, everything went really quiet. And that's the perfect time to be the one person that's talking. Don't get quiet when the whole room goes quiet. It reminds me of Donald Miller said this in a story brand workshop. Um, if you confuse, you lose. And... You know, John, as you said, as, as the voices go quiet, it's time for you to be the loudest. Yes. But let's get some guidance here. You know, do you need a coach that can pour into you so you do not confuse your message? Uh, because that is, that just, that just stuck with me from his conference. If you confuse, you lose. There's just so much wisdom in that simplicity. Well, and I think that goes back to John's point. You know, depending on where you're putting the money, it's uh, one of the things that you see, we've seen the people that have succeeded in the last, you know, three or four months are the people who have gone very, very deep and not wide, right? The, the people that instead of instead of trying to, ha- to nail 15 different sources for lead generation or, 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 or business, they've 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 narrowed it down to three or four that they've knocked out of the park. 
So, so if social media, if Facebook ads is where you're nailing it, go hard and deep there, right? So whatever those are, less wide and more deep. And most people have 15 different sources. They're like 15 different wells that are, that are, that are 10 feet deep and are trickling in water instead of four 300-foot wells that are gushing with water. And I think that no matter what you do, it's go deep and hard on a few and, and less wide. And, and we're already seeing it, right? When things open up a little bit, people start spending money in dumb places. When things hunker down, they, they refocus. So how can we maintain that focus even as things open up, you know, moving forward? So, you know, it, you need to have your two or three, you're nailing, and then it's okay to have an R&D account. Hey, here's my R&D account where I spend, you know, 3% of gross profit on, you know, an R&D project. And we decide if we're going to maintain that after the six months of R&D or not. Um, but being clear, I think, and that's what it goes back with Johnny. I think it's know your numbers and be clear on where you're spending it and just don't spend the money for the sake of spending it. Are you holding it accountable? Do you have a clear KPI? Hey, if we're going to do this mailer for 12 months, what would make this a win? What would make us cancel this? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying, yeah, uh, you always do what works, but I, I think that it comes down to, you know, first things first is, is not waiting for a good idea necessarily to come. It's putting the money aside so that when, so that you can find the right opportunities, right? Marketing is, is kind of like, finding the perfect employee, right? Most of us didn't hire the perfect employee the first time. We went through four to five different people and we hired them and we fired them and, and we found someone awesome. But you had to have both the work and the money set aside to hire the employee to start start that hiring process. And the same thing is true with marketing. You find the people that work, you find the ads or the, the system that works, but you have to put and budget the money aside to do it. And if you don't, you'll just be sitting there um, and you'll end up in the same damn cycle over and over and over and over and over again. Wayne, you were really quiet on that one. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I just think it's it's not spending money. For the, I, I guess what, what I, why I get quiet on that is I've seen so many people that feel good just about spending money. And that's what concerns me. I've seen so many people go, like I'm spending money, but they're not holding it accountable or they're not clear on their plan. And I think that's what concerns Right. And that, yeah, and I, I'm definitely not saying that. We hire quickly, we fire quickly. You know, when we realize it's not a fit, get rid of it and keep moving until you find the fit. Yeah. So clear expectations. It's not, it's not a one time, you know, you don't buy, you know, $10,000 worth of Zillow leads every month and, and then wonder why it's not working after, after 13. So... <laughs> <laughs> I saw a guy do that yesterday. Someone, someone posted up that they were buying like, you know, four or $5,000 worth of Zillow leads. And they're like, I hope it works. And I'm like, I really hope it does too. <laughs> like, yeah, we've committed for 12 months for spending this amount every month. I'm like, man. Well, and I think that leads to what Johnny was saying a minute ago. Another unpopular opinion is is, is that you need to take time to sit back and reflect, right? And, and we know it's an unpopular opinion because most people don't do it, right? People might say that, that it's important, but their actions are not backing it up. So an unpopular opinion is you need to take an hour a week to just sit back and reflect on what's working and what's not working. And that doesn't feel like work. Um, sometimes so it's their, their road go, 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 go. And yet it's critical. And I think that's one of the things that a coach forces you to do is 
it, they, they force you to stop, let the snow settle and go, is this working? It's not working. And, and so you're like, that's just what I've been doing. I've been spending $6,000 on this source. Even though it's not working, they've just got stuck in the rut of doing it, doing it, doing it. So I think one of the gifts of coaching um, is, is having that forced stop reflect moment on a weekly basis. Um, to identify what your blind spots are. Because let's, let's be frank, if you knew what they were, they wouldn't be blind spots. So so that is part of your job. Stopping, resting, thinking is just as important as getting on the phone and doing lead generation. Cool. Guys, we want to know what your unpopular opinions are. Put them down below. Let us know what you think of ours. As always, you can find us on the web at theheronation.com. You can find Johnny's stuff at thetopspeaker.com. And until next time, guys... Be your own hero.